Hello, Hello. and welcome to the Betsy Betsy Boss Boss Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back. We are just getting into football season again, and I personally am so excited because, frankly, a world without sports just, it doesn't do it for me. It doesn't do it for me. I just don't see the point. What world you want to be a part of. No, I don't see the point of living without it. So, I mean, of course, we do have these fucked up little cardboard cutouts in the stands which we talked about before, which which are... Yeah, and they're interesting. Yeah, and I think we're going to discuss having a cardboard cutout put in of today's topic, today's yes. spokeswoman. But until then, I mean, the Eagles are back. They totally blew it against the quote-unquote Washington team, which is a discussion in and of itself. Oh, the fact yeah. that they are no longer the, the Redskins and they are now the Washington team. Right. And what's interesting, too, is... Those jerseys and that merchandise that is sold in this little brief time between the Redskins and whatever the Washington team becomes mm-hmm. is probably going to be really Valuable. kind of collector's item oh, yeah. type stuff. 100%. So that'll be interesting when that rolls around. Yeah, I'm shocked. Well, my uncle probably has bought some of that stuff because he's just like a fanatic with not even not just the Phillies, but with everything, you know, sports related. So exactly yeah but regardless of the fact that we completely shat the bed against the washington team (laughs) on sunday and it was a complete and total disaster we started off the game leading 17 to zip and then somehow the game ended up with us having a 10 point loss which is just embarrassing um and i don't know where carson's head was but he clearly forgot how to play football because they're just I don't know what was going on with him. I don't know what was going on with the defense. There wasn't any. But I'm furious. Happy that football is back. But dear God, why did it have to be under these terms? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you another thing I'm furious about. Ooh. Yeah, this when I was looking through topics this week and thinking about stuff to talk about. And that is the fact that keeping up with the Kardashians. Uh-oh. We're no longer going to be able to keep up. <gasps> Why not? It's coming to an end. Did you not see that? A permanent A end? A permanent no. end in like January 2021. Oh my God. Yep, final Why? season. I don't know. They're sick of making money? I guess so. Oh I my guess so. God. Somebody's going to have to come out with another sex tape oh, because... Yeah. I don't know how they're going to keep My living the lifestyle. Me too. Oh, got it. Who <laughs> wouldn't watch Chris. that? It's me, Todd Cranes. Oh, I just yeah, love him. Love him I so know. much. Isn't that disappointing? Yeah, I that's very disappointing. Too, how because, are we supposed to keep up? Yeah, just because I like, I feel like myself and so many other people got like re into it over quarantine. And now it's like hopes and dreams are dashed with the Kardashians. Dashed. Oh, love yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. Very disappointing. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. guess they'll have to just be billionaires instead of trillionaires, right? right? Yeah. They've reached their peak, I guess. Wow. Well, yeah. speaking of the Eagles and America's darlings, today's topic (laughs) i don't know that i mean that was a good segue but we're trying you know i'm grasping at straws here but uh we made it work we always make it work um today's topic is somebody who i think was so widely loved so widely appreciated was just kind of this cinderella story in real life i was gonna say literally literally um, it's Lady Di or Princess Diana, who was the Princess of Wales. She's our yes. topic today, yes. ladies and germs. 
That's right. So um, giving a little bit of background on her. So she was born uh, Diana Frances Spencer on July 1st, 1961, which was just kind of weird to me because she's like right in between my parents. Like my parents were born in 1960 and 1962. Oh, nice. And so it's just weird to think of because we all see videos and pictures of her from back in the day and to think of her like like our parents nowadays you know it's like she's frozen in time yeah I was gonna say I mean it's interesting how when people do pass away prematurely they kind of are stuck at whatever age they died at like the 27 club that we talked about totally like like the 27 club just frozen in time and you know not aging with the rest of us yeah but yeah she would have been our parents age which is crazy it's just strange and she's such a young you know striking woman and just came off I think so youthful and kind of this young mom and you know this beautiful young exuberant person it doesn't seem natural that she'd be like 60 years old now yeah like I can't even picture her because she was and this was one of the notes I had um just this icon for fashion during the time of like the late 80s and early 90s and everything and it's just so funny because I can't even picture her in like with a modern hairstyle and a modern modern outfit or anything like that. You know, it's just like yeah. everything that you see of her is dated. Like it's very time stamped. So. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah, she really has sort of the power suit look. Yes. She's got the yes. kind of the power haircut that was like feminism but with a you know kind of feminine flair the big jewelry mm-hmm. I mean she really doesn't wear the dark um makeup that's sometimes no, reminiscent that's of the 80s yeah. but the shoulder pads are popping. oh they are yeah shoulder shoulder pads abound but oh yeah yeah um so anyway so getting back to her history um her family was kind of intertwined with the royal family so having this history she um, first met Charles, Prince Charles, as we all know, um, in when she was actually just 16 in November of 1977. Mm-hmm. And here's a scandal from the get-go. He was apparently, I don't know how formally, but he was dating her sister, actually, at the time. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't either, yeah, until, until seeing this. Um, but then I guess he saw Diana and was like, that's the one I want. Who, who could blame him? Yeah. But then several years later, on February 6th, 1981, he proposed. And just some of the facts of like after their engagement just show you kind of they called her. What did they call her? It was like the people's princess. Because she was very much tried to be as normal as possible, as humanitarian as possible, raise her children. And people embraced that. I mean, people I just remember America like. And we were really little when she yeah. was popular, but even so, I remember Lady Die. And I like, remember the day she died. Yeah, yep. like oh, learning totally. about it, and waking up in the morning or whatever. Well, we had a British nanny at the time. Oh, yeah, and it was so oh my god strange because she, I mean she was beside herself because really? as much as America loved her, Great Britain loved her even more, and you know it was so much more meaningful her position in their um, culture versus you know over here just seeing her kind of across the pond from a distance so so I was gonna say they were married then on July 29th 1981 and this was one of the like most highly publicized televised um royal weddings oh it's beautiful I still remember it now yeah the giant train and all that stuff and 
So what's cool about Diana is how she just had this really unconventional approach to charity. Yeah. And so she started off kind of in this really um, conventional, normal, typical role where she focused on children and the youth. And then all of a sudden, she kind of swerved and decided to get involved with AIDS patients. Right. And removing landmines. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Crazy stuff. Yeah. I know the one big thing that she was known for was, I mean, think of AIDS when it first happened and people didn't know anything about it. I can totally understand why people, you know, would be so nervous and concerned. But it was, there was a highly like publicized photo of her um, meeting with an AIDS patient, shaking hands without any types of like mask, gloves, anything like that, which is really remarkable for that time it sure is so the marriage was not all that it was it was not a fairy tale no it sure wasn't in spite of how diana's life becoming a princess was a bit of a fairy tale yeah the marriage whoo it was a bit of a fall from grace yeah it was not a good time um, before they started to have issues, though, they did have two children. Of course. Um, they you had, may have heard of them. Yeah, you know, the names may sound familiar. We've got William, born June 21st, 1982. Okay, this I think is kind of funny. Oh, what do you get? we've got, like, one near your birthday, one near my birthday. I know, which is kind that of is funny. kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, so we had William, born June 21st, 1982, and Harry, born September 15th, 1984. Classic. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and it sounds a lot like the prince and Diana were their closest when she was pregnant with Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of sounds like... All kind of downhill after that. All downhill that. after that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she knew, it turns out, that Harry was going to be a boy, and you got to have an heir and a spare, right? That's yes. the whole thing. Oh, my God. I've never heard. Okay. That makes total sense, though. Yeah. Absolutely. So she knew that she was pregnant with a boy, and she actually didn't tell a soul. Uh, yeah. Including the prince. Right. Well, what is interesting, though, about the heir, you know, heir to the throne was that um, Queen Elizabeth was actually the first, I think it was her father, was the one that actually changed it from having to be a male heir to just the firstborn heir and so that's why queen elizabeth was able to actually be the queen right which is good because honestly that sort of dismantles the sexist past right that was involved beforehand yeah um just some things like some events that i think will kind of make a little bit more sense as we get into the story so we talked about uh, the boys being born but just a little bit before that in february of 1982 there were pictures of Diana on vacation in a bikini. Um, so scandalous. Scandalous. Yeah. The queen, though, so she released a statement saying it was the blackest day in the history of British journalism. The queen was actually the one that kind of forced them um, or, or made the final push for uh diana and charles to get a divorce which is so crazy like can you imagine obviously we all don't come from royal families and we're not under the type of pressure that the prince and princess were under but can you imagine if your mother-in-law sent letters to get you out 
Right. Like, if she was like, hey, listen, like, here's what's going on. I don't like what's happening here. Bad I'm for Queen the Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, get this bitch out. Like, what? Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Um, so, ugh, it's just, it's scary. And it's crazy that it was so soon after their divorce that she died. Yeah, yeah. It's very... Ooh, premonitions here, or not premonitions, what I want to say, foreshadowing here. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they were, um, so they were, they were finally divorced August 28th, 1996. Right. And then she died on August 31st, 1997. Yeah, it was just like a so year later. So it was just later. about a year later, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and it was a car crash, as most people know. It was this Pont d'Alma tunnel in Paris. Um, and the driver was actually fleeing the paparazzi, which is another very controversial piece about yeah. this killing, this death. Yeah. Because, you know, how important is it that you get your picture of Princess Di? Is it worth a life? Is it worth a chase? Right. You know, what is this really, what are you doing this for? Yeah. Well, I think even before getting to that, um, one of the major players in this whole kind of, you know, her last night morning alive um, in the summer of 1997. This was apparently just like seven weeks before she died. She started dating Dodie. I've seen it um, Fayed. said Fayed and Al-Fayed. Oh, yeah. very nice. Um, but he is the son of an Egyptian billionaire, Mohammed Al-Fayed, who was the longtime owner of Harrods, which I... We're not talking about the casino (laughs) over here. I know it's a a big department store over there um, in England and everything. Oh, it's huge. And it's such a big deal over there. That's like being the owner of, you know, Macy's or something equivalent over here. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So Diana and Dodie had gone to Paris for one night. And they were apparently going to be heading back to London, I guess, the next day. They had been vacationing on Dodie's yacht in the south of France. Casual. You know, no big deal. The usual. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a film producer. And the rumor is that he had decided to propose to her that evening. Now, remind, like, just keep in mind, they had only been dating or together or whatever for like seven weeks before this right which is no time at all yeah. before getting divorced yeah yeah or before getting engaged <laughs> Jesus Christ, distracted yeah so i have just kind of like a timeline of that night oh that'd be great yeah i think it's just kind of interesting to kind of keep in mind so 4 30 p.m diana and dodie arrive at the ritz in paris which is owned by dodie's father mm-hmm and they already pretty much have, like, this whole time they have paparazzi pretty much hounding them. And uh, they end up eventually leaving. Well, Dodie, I guess, does. Apparently ventures to a jeweler. Two rings are bought. Mm-hmm. And, again, this kind of plays into the whole proposal rumor. But apparently Diana said, nope, the ring is going firmly on my right hand. Like, it is <laughs> not, you know, whatever. So 7 p.m., they exit the Ritz through the rear entrance, and um, they go to Dodie's apartment near the, I mean, this is, like, so lavish, the Arc de Triomphe. Oh, of course. Like, right, you know, next to the most, possibly besides the Eiffel Tower, famous monument in all of Paris. Yeah, yep. 
Um, so 9 p.m. they were planning to go to a restaurant for dinner. But again, the paparazzi were just like hounding them. Mm-hmm. So they actually went back to the Ritz. They went there for dinner. And then we kind of get into the August 31st, 1997. So we're mm-hmm. in the early morning, just after midnight. Um with a bodyguard, they try to evade the photographers by leaving the hotel in the rear entrance. But again, it just doesn't go well. They get into the Mercedes, and mm-hmm. it's driven by Ritz security employee Henri Paul. Henri, <laughs> yeah. mon ami. Yes. And he apparently had at least two drinks, a scotch and a beer, um, that evening. Which who hasn't in France, yeah. right? Oh my God, seriously. They can drink whenever, you know, they can drink out of the womb, so. So true. Yeah. And her bodyguard, Trevor Reese Jones, was also in the car with right. them. Right, so we've got the four of them pretty much in this car. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're being stalked by the paparazzi. And then, like you said, um, they entered the tunnel. Yep, as they're sort of fleeing from the paparazzi, and that's where the crash happens. Right. Um, and the bodyguard would survive the crash. Obviously, everybody else died. I think what was interesting, though, so um, we have last names here. So mm-hmm. Fayed and Paul died on the scene, but Diana was actually still alive. Which is kind of sad in a it's way. It's so like, sad. Yeah. Oh, how grotesque. Yeah. So this is like 1223 mm-hmm. approximately a.m. when this happens. And then finally at 1.20, like an hour later after attempting to stabilize Diana on site, the ambulance takes her to the hospital. Ugh. Like, so when I was reading this, apparently in France they have a different perspective on how they deal with um, like trauma situations than they do in the U.S. Apparently in the U.S., I could find it in my notes, but it's something like the, the pick-up-and-go kind of um, – theory of like get the person to the hospital as quickly as you can yeah and then over there in france apparently they have the kind of like try to do as much as you can on the scene first wow i wonder why that is yeah and what kind of the uh origin of those different techniques yeah is but yeah i don't know well obviously that didn't work out yeah well it's it's crazy so she actually then doesn't even arrive to the hospital until 201 a.m so again um much later than the accident yeah the accident happened at like 12 20 let's just round it out Mm -hmm. and then she's finally at the hospital at 2 a.m yeah um which is crazy and it makes you think i mean what would have happened had she gotten to the hospital earlier had this crash happened in america and they you know used the get them to the hospital as soon as possible tactic instead of the let's do as much as we can on the scene tactic i just i wonder yeah Yeah, so there are a bunch of different conspiracy theories. I think there's like in the hundreds of conspiracy theories. And it's basically there was this whole operation that was launched in order to establish whether there was any truth to these crazy theories. Mm -hmm. And this investigation lasted for years. It cost millions of British pounds. And it found that the theories were without foundation and everything that happened that night was just a really unfortunate accident. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's just it's interesting to see these theories examined because, again, they were examined by a genuine investigation. Um, and there were 175 of them that were Jeez. examined by the report. I did not know it was which, that many. Oh, it's just nuts. I mean, that's a huge amount. Yeah. Um, and some of them are small. Some are kind of profound. But 
Um, even though there were none of them that were found to be true, the conspiracies are still alive oh, and well yeah, today. Um, and so I think I have about 10 of them. Whoa, that, um, all right. Yeah, that just make people kind of doubt how things happened and what the official story ended up being that mm-hmm. was reported to everybody and that we have come to know. Right. Um, so one of these theories, one of them that's most popular, is that Diana was pregnant at the yes. time of the crash. And I'm sure that's one of yours as oh, well. Yes. Yeah. Um, in fact, it was Mohammed Al-Fayed, the father of Dodi Al-Fayed, he says that this was the reason for the killing. He says right. that Diana got pregnant, it was Dodie's child, mm-hmm. and that the British state just did not like the idea of having an Egyptian Muslim being the stepfather of the future king of England. Right. It was just not going to happen. Yep. So he decided that, all right, they must have plotted to kill Diana off so mm-hmm. that this wouldn't become an eventuality. And... Honestly, there were discussions about a potential pregnancy long before Diana even died. Um, during a holiday in the south of France a couple of weeks before, there were some newspapers that definitely thought about um, tossing theories back and forth about her pregnancy and probably got like a certain angle and we're like oh look she's showing exactly <laughs> like they always do yeah. and then the celebrities are like no i just got fat yeah or like, I was sorry just bloated i had a big that meal day. exactly and there were also these comments that diana made that like unfortunately kind of corroborated mm. the pregnancy thing where she made comments about a big surprise coming oh. um so of course the tabloids went nuts oh with this yeah. had a heyday and decided all right she must be knocked up yeah now granted when there was a post-mortem exam there was absolutely no sign of pregnancy whatsoever and you know they did all these tests on diana's blood of course and there was no sign of pregnancy there either there was no evidence that diana suspected she was pregnant a bunch of close friends said that her menstrual cycle was super normal um she was using some form of contraception and she hadn't even mentioned the possibility of being pregnant to her closest friends yeah. so that's pretty much been written Debunked. off yeah yeah well, I think going along with that, this was one that I actually hadn't heard of until um, kind of looking into this. There's a theory that there was a white Fiat Uno car Ooh. that was involved in the um, in the accident. And this kind of goes to the theory that, you know, the crown was out to get her and sending people out to kind of create this whole event. Yeah. Um, and so there were apparently traces of this paint on the Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Um but it seems like there's conflicting statements as to whether this Fiat Uno was actually seen in the tunnel or not seen in the mm-hmm. tunnel. Um, and then I'm not really sure how they found this specific Fiat Uno um, that a man named Ann An da- Danson, Oof. I guess, um, owned. And when they found the car, it was actually unroadworthy and had been so for about nine years at the time. So... Um, obviously that suggested that this car was not involved in the whole crash. Yeah, unless they were like flintstoning their way through the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yabba dabba do. Yabba dabba don't. <laughs> yeah. Yabba dabba don't. Um but I don't know. There there's definitely always gonna be stories like this around these incidents, but it is interesting to think like, well, where did that paint come from then? Yeah, and along those same lines um, where Diana thought that she was going to be killed by the establishment, um, you know, a lot of these conspiracy theories really do revolve around that belief and that Diana kind of 
felt that something was coming and um, felt that the crown was out to get her. And there was this letter that was disclosed by Diana's butler. Yes, this was interesting. This was nuts. And said he had told everybody that he had been given the letter for safekeeping. um, And the letter read, an important part, I am sitting here at my desk today in October longing for someone to hug me and encourage me to keep strong and hold my head high. This particular phase in my life is the most dangerous. And then there's a muffled sound. Someone is planning an accident in my car, brake Hmm. failure, and serious head injury in order to make the path clear for Charles to marry, it read. So obviously this letter seems super foreshadowy and scary (laughs) and threatening. And obviously there was a history behind it. Um, it turns out that when Diana actually wrote the letter, she was experiencing issues with her car, and she had sort of voiced these issues to different folks, and um, her bodyguard had died in an accident, you know, her previous bodyguard that she thought might have been a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Diana obviously just had a lot of different concerns surrounding her own safety. Sure. And that wasn't a conspiracy theory. Those were very valid concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, but there really was no suggestion officially that Diana would have actually gotten killed even though there was a lot of animosity between some of the royals and between Diana and um, and even though the queen did write those sketchy letters, basically yeah. urging the queen or the uh, princess and the prince to get divorced. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, another one that kind of goes to it is the fact that their bodies were apparently embalmed very quickly. Ooh. Yeah, and so this goes to kind of again the ensuring that the pregnancy tests and post mortem and all that stuff will be covered up, um, and just trying to cover things up so that testing wasn't able to be done you know if the body's already been embalmed Mm -hmm. but this also can be pretty much debunked given the fact that um diana's two sisters and prince charles were actually scheduled to view the body very quickly after the event happened and being the princess being in this situation it was you know not proper for her body to be displayed even to you know her closest relatives in the condition that it was so that's why they went ahead and embalmed her and kind of fixed her up, cleaned her up, I guess, so that right. when she was seen, she was a little bit more presentable. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. so creepy. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh God. Yep. Well, another one that I saw was um, that the paparazzi made the car crash intentionally. Um, and obviously the photographers got a lot of blame and a lot of flack for this. They still do, honestly, to this day, um, for Diana's death and for kind of their hot pursuit of Diana. Yeah. Just for a picture. And there was a concern Diana's whole life that kind of haunted her, that the interest that folks had, that the public had in her was causing harm to her mentally. You know, it ended up being physically, physically as well. But she always kind of had this lurking fear that, you know, everybody's got this sort of prurient interest in me and it's Mm -hmm. not doing me any favors. It's really, you know, harming me. So the theory about the paparazzi's hand in this has three specific forms. There's the first, which alleges that the group of paparazzi chased and pushed Diana's Mercedes in order to make the crash actually happen. That's kind Mm. of the most maniacal and sinister of them yeah um the second argues that the members of the paparazzi group encouraged just the environment where a crash was likely Mm -hmm. to happen which i feel like is kind of the like understood or like accepted narrative nowadays exactly 
And then the final one sort of suggests that the paparazzi just really accidentally created the situation. And then the conspirators who wanted Diana dead basically exploited that situation so that the people in the car would die. Um, And, you know, once the investigation took place, it pointed out, hey, the paparazzi aren't really any kind of meaningful group. They don't really, like, do anything that would have an interest in killing Diana. They usually just compete against each other for the best picture. Right. Um, And most of them work for different companies. They do totally different jobs. Some are really professional photojournalists. So... And the official investigations found that the Mercedes that Diana was in does seem to have driven quickly to escape the photographers, but the operation that was investigating found that the result of normal behavior by the paparazzi um, was what resulted in this crash. I Mm. mean, it's always just celebrities trying to evade the paparazzi. It it wasn't any kind of criminal conspiracy. It was just a typical kind of paparazzi chase. Yeah, Well, and... To go along with that in a in a way, I guess, um, one of the other things that I saw was about this theory about a big uh, bright white flash just before the car entered the tunnel. And this was thought to be what caused the accident because it kind of blinded and stunned the driver. And mm-hmm. again, going to, you know, it's the paparazzi's fault and either intentionally or not intentionally, they were the ones that ended up causing this accident. Wow. Oof. Yeah. So I have one that um, Henri Paul, the driver, intentionally caused the crash. Ooh. Um, and so, like we Why? said, That's I know. Tell me about it. Yeah. So Henri was the head of security at the Ritz in Paris, and the conspiracy theorists think that he was actually getting paid by another organization, ah. either the security services in France or in the UK or both. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of people who doubt the course of events that night. And a lot of them say that Mr. Paul was drunk at the time of the crash. Right. Yeah. Um, Like what I was saying with the drinks that he had had. Exactly. Exactly. But then, you know, there's this other camp or this other school of thought that says, listen, Henri was never drunk at the time of the crash. And it wasn't only a false statement, but it was a lie that was spread in the media to cover up the killing. Sure. And it was apparently done, this is how their theory goes, Mm -hmm. by swapping his body with another person so that the toxicological results would actually appear correct. So, you know, again, this is a little far out, but, you know, these people really believe that, okay, Mr. Paul wasn't drunk at all. He was in cahoots with some other organization and he had a hand in this. Wow. Um, And there's just another reason, a bunch of different reasons that people believe this. Um, apparently Mr. Paul didn't seem drunk earlier on in the night. Um, and the beliefs that he was being paid by different security services come from the fact that he seemed like he had more, more money than would be expected for somebody in that job position. Mm. And some security offices actually suggested that they might've had a French source inside the hotel. Hmm. Um, now, in spite of all that, there's really no evidence that actually suggests that either of those things contributed to the crash. Right. There were a lot of different tests done that showed that Mr. Paul's blood did have alcohol in it. Even though there were mistakes made with the tests, there were a lot of different checks of them, and it did confirm later on that Mr. Paul was drinking. Right, right. Another one which, given the time, like think of this time period, 1997, 
um, was the fact that there was a lack of CCTV footage covering the event and well covering like their last movements through um, you know the hotel and the car and tunnel and all that stuff and you do have to think like over there in Europe in general I would say probably more so in England but you know in Europe they are big on their CCTV so there are cameras right. everywhere again though this was 1997 so I don't know if it would have been you know as big and I don't know you have to think too like maybe there was more they're just not saying that there was you know what I mean and they're just not releasing it so I don't know they do show some they have released some CCTV footage of them um, like in the elevator and stuff like that kind of their last moments but I don't know I mean these are type the type of thing it's the type of thing that you could take either way. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, you can make something out of nothing. Very, very true. Um, and speaking of making something out of nothing, um, there's another theory that Diana's medical care was deliberately sabotaged. Now, we talked about how there's a cultural difference with medical care in France right. versus in America. And um, there's sort of the treat on the scene versus get them to the hospital as soon as possible. Um, schools of thought. Now, the conspiracy theorists who go along in this state of or frame of reference think that the doctors on the scene allowed Diana to die on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, they think that the doctors didn't treat her in the proper way and they stopped her from recovering. And a lot of this revolves around the treatment at the scene of the crash. Um, again, as we discussed a moment ago, if she had been taken to the nearest hospital and treated there, it's quite possible that she would have survived. And... Again, this all centers around the fact that the French approach to emergency care is really different from the UK or the United States. Um, Again, it's treatment on the scene versus treatment at the hospital. Um, And so this whole conspiracy would also just require a huge number of expert doctors and other caregivers to completely break their ethics codes. Well, and and to all be in cahoots and no one speak later on. You know what I mean? And there's no way that, Nobody spilled the beans, like... Right. And, like, there were this many of you that failed and dropped the ball on purpose. Like, how big is this network of demon doctors? Seriously. I'm never going to a hospital in France, I guess. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So all in all, I mean, we really can't say, we don't have a time machine, whether Diana would have survived if she was taken to a hospital. But either way, the doctors have said that it probably would have been impossible for her to survive her injuries either way. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, two out of the four were dead on the scene. So yeah, it probably was pretty bad. Right. Um, And then the last one, so it says... um, There were all of these different conspiracy theories that circulated around Diana, even when she was alive. And um, Diana, it sounds like, really believed them, actually, in these particular conspiracy theories. And in 2004, the um, NBC channel actually aired video that was showing Diana talking about an affair with Barry Manneke, who was... (laughs) Not Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow, I know. (laughs) Um, And that was her formal bodyguard. Jesus Christ, who was her former bodyguard. And she actually described him as the greatest love she's ever had. Wow. Which, pretty uh, hefty statement there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was found out, says Diana, that and he was chucked out of royal protection that he was killed. I think he was bumped off, is what she said. Wow. Now, conspiracy theorists took up this claim 
and suggested, okay, there was a mysterious driver who had apparently helped orchestrate the car crash that Mr. Manakee died in. Wow. And he had been riding um, as a passenger on a motorbike. The bike crashed into another car that was Oof. coming out of a junction, apparently intentionally, according to these conspiracy theorists. Right. It is interesting, though, that like he died in a car accident, too, and then that kind of made her a little bit more concerned about car accident or something like that yeah and what's sad is they did find out that the truth was super tragic it was they discovered that the theory wasn't real but it was just as sad what actually happened which was that the driver of the car that hit mr manakee actually stopped immediately hopped out of the car totally agreed to help out with the whole investigation gave a statement to the operation that investigated all the different theories so he was about as cooperative as can be yeah and as we talk about often it's the folks who don't cooperate who are suspicious or something like that exactly yeah or just are difficult when providing answers and that's awful though that what an awful situation i can't imagine Oh, so horrible. Oh, God. Yeah. So just on an um, sort of on <laughs> a an little up bit note, more upbeat. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, there are some famous pictures of Princess Di wearing Eagles gear. And yeah, how we tie this all together. We've got to tie it all together. And Princess Di looks absolutely ravishing in her Eagles jacket. She's wearing an old school like Mitchell oh, yes. and Ness Eagles jacket jacket which is just so freaking I think my cool. dad is something like similar those oh, colors girl. and all that stuff it's you know? a, such a look and so what actually happened fun fact people think hey how the hell did princess diana a gal <laughs> yeah. from england Seriously. discover the philly eagles well here's how she did it she discovered them at a funeral Oh, God. And it was actually a famous funeral for another commoner who became a royal, and that's Princess Grace of Monaco. I was going to say, is it Grace Kelly? Uh Oh, my God. It sure is. Philly native Grace Kelly. Yeah, yeah. One of our famous girls. That's right. So Diana was representing the British crown at the funeral. It was September 1982. And she met Jack Edelstein there, who is the statistician for the Eagles at the time. Oh, my God. Crazy. So Edelstein was a longtime friend of all of the Kelly family, and he came from East Falls. And then he brings up, naturally, because it was his line of work, (laughs) the Philadelphia Eagles. And he told, you know, the Philly Daily News after Diana died in 1997 about their great conversation. And he said she thought football was like soccer. She asked, what are your colors? <laughs> yeah. And I told her it was green and silver. She said, those are my favorite colors. Uh, so Edelstein so promised at that time to send her some T-shirts, oh you know, God. some gear. The Eagles Send acted, that merch over. Send the merch <laughs> over. You got to get the merch. The Eagles acted super quickly. Lickety split. They got a huge package of workout shorts, oh golf God. shirts, and caps that all had the Eagles logo oh on it. God. And, of course, on top of the rest of that stuff... They sent her a gorgeous Eagles jacket. It was so So (laughs) beautiful. It was Leonard Toes' idea. And it was just, my God, he was the owner at the time of the Eagles. And he just always went over the top. He was always super classy. And she obviously wore the jacket around. It was a decade later in January of 1991 when Diana was out and about wearing the Kelly Green varsity style jacket outside of London's Weatherby Mm -hmm. Prep School. 
And that's the one that Edelstein sent oh my God. her, which is so cool. I had no idea about that whole backstory. That is so cool. Isn't that fun? Yeah, that's a good way to end it. Oh, it's great. And yeah. so what's neat is there's actually a really great cover um, with Diana on it um, of People magazine. It was in 1994, and it's her wearing the Eagles jacket. Oh, my God. And Jeffrey Laurie, who is the current owner of the team, and he had bought the team, you know, a month earlier in 1994. He had the magazine cover blown up. Oh, my God. Hung on the wall of his corner office at the Vet Stadium. Wow. Which is so cool. Wow. Yep. So yeah. it said that, okay, maybe she's not quite an Eagles fan. She wore the jacket <laughs> yeah. more for its look than for... She liked the colors. Yeah. She didn't know so much about our sports, our American teams, whatever. But I don't think it was just the look. I think <laughs> Diana admired Grace Kelly. She, Grace Kelly was obviously a huge Philly fan. She reflected the values of the city. And a lot of different dive bars around the city, even to this day, have the shot of Diana oh my God. Um, in the frame, you know, mm-hmm. above pool tables. It's hanging yep. near dartboards. She was wearing that jersey like she That's was doing so it funny. a favor. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, we're on Facebook at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Instagram at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Twitter at Betsy Boss Pod, and our email is Betsy Boss Podcast at gmail.com. Also, Betsy Boss is now on both iTunes and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. Thanks again for listening. (laughs) 